Please be advised that this episode may contain strong language and spoilers. Hello, and welcome to What the Forks, a podcast in which we revisit a teenage obsession, Stephanie Meyer's Twilight Saga. We're still finding out if our love for this series will shine eternal or crumble to ash under close inspection. I'm Chloe. And I'm Isaac. And in this episode, we're talking about the foreword of the novel Life and Death. Twilight Reimagined. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Hello! <laughs> Chloe, do you remember on the 16th of September when we said we'd be taking a short break? Yes, we were so naive back then. <laughs> it's been seven months. Look, life got in the way. Do you recall Halloween when we tried to come back? It's not like we haven't tried. Oh, yes. We're very trying. <laughs> so, spoiler, we were trying to do Midnight Sun. I don't... Well, you you have a dog now. You have a puppy. I do. And we tried to record here at my house Midnight Sun, but much like Stephanie Meyer, we were just not able to finish. <laughs> it was... I don't know what happened. I don't know what came over both you and I, but it was awful. It was bad. Yeah. Keanu would have then been nine, ten weeks old, very young, basically just constantly needing attention. Plus it was the night of Halloween, so we kept being interrupted by trick-or-treaters. That's true. And then we had to put on our witch's hat and I had to hold the dog and you had to hold the bowl of sweets. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is all, this all sounds like we're making a lot of excuses. Basically, we let you down. We did. We're really sorry. We have reappeared in a different world than we lived in seven months ago. So we're going to be doing things a little bit differently. This time we're doing life and death. We're going to go chapter by chapter. We're going to try and do a couple of episodes a week. I mean, we don't want to make you any promises because we've done that before <laughs> and we let you down. So we promise to not make any more promises. There are no guarantees. Yeah. Will you ever hear from us again? No. Who knows? But we want to come at you with some shorter episodes a little bit more regularly, hopefully to um, bring the light of inappropriate teenage undead relationships into your life. Yes. What else do you need in this time? Absolutely nothing. We're obviously apart as well. Yes. This is new for us. We are a very low cost. <laughs> <laughs> Speak for yourself. <laughs> We're a one microphone gang. Where we have always before recorded together in the same room, we're now doing this across the internet. Yeah, we are. So it's a new experience for us. I'm excited about it. Yeah, so am I. I am ready and fully, I don't know, ready. <laughs> I'm just really ready. <laughs> Chloe, what's life and death? So I didn't realise that it's a 10 year anniversary gift to us all. <laughs> Oh, Stephanie. Thank you, Stephanie. <laughs> you <shouldn't> have. <laughs> Were you aware of this when it came out? No. Did you know this was happening? No, I literally, reading the foreword, was like, oh, oh, this is a gift. <laughs> I think the first I ever heard of life and death even happening was 2018. Ross and I went to New York. And for any of our American listeners, this might sound really silly, but um, went to Barnes and & Noble and was really excited to go to Barnes & Noble because that's not a store that we have here mm. 
to us Brits, it sounds like the quintessential American bookstore chain. Obviously, if you can, do support your independent booksellers. But I went to Barnes & Noble just to see it. And I found in the young adult section, Life and Death, Twilight Reimagined with the green apple on the cover. And I'm pretty sure I sent you a photo. I was going to say, maybe this is how I found out. It was definitely how I found out. Yeah. So I literally discovered it, picked it up off a shelf, did not buy it, but sent you a photo like, what the fuck is this? And now we know. So let's go through. So this episode, we're just going to go through the forward. What does she say? Okay, well, first, actually, did you have a think about the inscription or the dedication to her sons? Oh, remind me. It's to her sons because they're boys. Yes. She thanks them for allowing her to be in, like, a teenage boy's mind. <laughs> <laughs> like... <laughs> Who wants that? No one wants that. I mean, there is absolutely no way that I would have opened up my mind to my mother. So we have them to thank. <laughs> Bless them. It's not their fault. Okay. So are you ready? I'm to ready. Go the forward? So intro, hello, lovely reader. I feel it was too much. <laughs> then she is apologising. It took her too long or she's apologising for the fact that this book is not Midnight Sun, even though her editors, publisher and fans have all been asking for Midnight Sun. And she's just gone, nah. <laughs> I'm seeing some really upsetting similarities between her opening to this book and our opening to this season of this podcast. I <laughs> Isaac is gonna say <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly what we've done didn't finish Midnight Sun sorry about it here we are too late doing something else fuck you guys <laughs> she's affected us too much Anyway, but what I was really happy to see, she kind of states some of the comments other fans have made. And they're very similar to things that we came across in Twilight. I was really pleased that, you know, we're not alone with the whole damsel in distress theme that seems to be used. However, I'm glad she brings it up, but she's clearly very bitter because she says it twice, you know, kind of being like, mm, damsel in distress, when really she's a human in distress. Okay, yes, you have put Bella in situations where a human is not going to be any use. However, why does she, in normal situations like in school, have to trip over everything and everyone? It's true. She is, she's damseled in other ways. Yes. What she's doing here, she's justifying her reasons for writing this adaptation. I suppose what we've not said yet, if people don't know, this book is a gender swap. So this book is Twilight. Just with the genders flipped, right? Yeah. So in this section, she is... In this section, she's saying what problems came out of Twilight from the readers. And as a gift to us all, she's going to rectify those errors and also prove that she thinks it doesn't matter what gender you are. It'll be a human in distress, not a damsel. Or what, what's the male version of damsel? Well, there isn't one. That's the problem. Interesting. Hmm. hmm. What did you think about her mentioning superheroes? She says that they're basically superheroes and supervillains. Yeah. It's interesting to have her voice directly speaking to the reader. Although normally, um, as we have before and as we will again now, we try to avoid bringing Maya as the author directly into our discussion. I think we did that very badly. Well, yes, we did end up being quite critical. But I just mean that her, her intentions, her whatever her view of the text is now, once we as readers get our hands on the text, the text no longer belongs to the author. So that's where I would normally like to kind of divorce the author's intention from my experience as a reader. 
However, this is interesting to have a li- just a little bit of Maya expressing her intention. And she says people who are basically superheroes and supervillains, her use of that language kind of confirms. We're thinking sci-fi, we're thinking comic book action. After the superhero thing, which I thought was interesting that she brought it up, she claims not to know herself very well. Right, oh right. So she hadn't originally intended to do an entire novel. Yes. She thought it would just be a little experiment. Yeah. But then she kind of contradicts herself a bit. Like, she's saying, I just had this little idea of gender-swapping these characters to prove to people who originally said that this relationship was toxic because of the gender of the characters, that if I were to swap the gender of the characters, the same story would still unfold and the same things would still be there, so it's not all about gender. So I would just do this little experiment... Um, But then, oops, I I got carried away and I ended up writing a whole novel and isn't that fun and quirky. But then hasn't she also said that she was specifically asked to do this for the 10th anniversary? Yes, it's our gift! But it's just, I feel like some parts of this forward is a little bit of a dig at Midnight Sun. I know she was pissed off that someone online downloaded it or hacked her account and put it out into the world. Before she ever posted it. Exactly. And she was going to do a book. But because someone did that, she was like, right, I'm going to put it on the website so you have access to it, but I'm not going to do the book. Wow. Basically, this is what we get instead of Midnight Sun. Now, I know that we've not even started it yet, but already I'm a bit like, I think I prefer this. I don't know. This idea. I think it's an interesting idea. I... No? I'm not that interested in Edward's point of view. I was thinking about this in the shower this morning. What we're kind of getting ourselves into here, because this whole thing is kind of an experiment in gender. Yes. Obviously a massive subject, one that's important to get right if you're going to discuss it. So although it's big and scary as a topic, I find it more interesting. It is more interesting and this is something that we're both very passionate about. I think what's going to be really interesting is noticing our own bias from you being a man and I being a woman Mm -hmm. um, and noticing things that perhaps don't really fit But is that from us? Is it from society? Is it... Maybe we'll reflect on things that we were saying about Twilight and go, oh, we were wrong or we were... Not that we were wrong. (laughs) (laughs) We must never admit that we were wrong. Yeah, maybe we were approaching things... As we all do, we all have our experiences and they colour the way that we think about things. So, um, yeah, yeah, I'm open to discovering that. It's interesting. She starts to give us a little overview of the things that have massively changed in this version of Twilight. So she tells us that everybody's pretty much had a gender swap apart from Charlie and Rene. So is she saying that the reason she didn't change it is because Rene would have at the time, got custody of Bo, and that Charlie was unemployed and transient? I think what she's saying is that in the context of the late 80s, early 90s, if she'd swapped the gender roles and had Rene be Roger, constantly moving around, constantly scatterbrained, you know, being the ones who decide to leave the family home, that a court in those days would not have awarded custody to that male parent. If we'd had a female chief of police settled in the family home whose husband had decided to up and leave and travel about, she almost definitely would have been awarded custody, and so the very nature of the beginning of the story could not have happened in the same way. I... (laughs) I get what she's saying. Is it lazy writing? 
Is there not a detail that we could get that would mean that Bo's scatterbrained father could have had custody for all this time? And we've got a female chief of police who he then moves back in with. I'm excited to see what it's going to do, but I want to keep that question in my mind open of what if Charlie was Bo's mum? Because it does straight away then make things different because Bella has a very particular relationship to Charlie as a daughter to a father. Mm. With Bo, we're about to see a particular relationship of a son to a father and a son to a mother. And how is that going to change our reading based on our cultural expectations of teenage boys, teenage girls, fathers, mothers? I absolutely think it would have been different if Charlie was a woman. I mean, how amazing would that have been? Yeah. The forward is also interesting because it's making you, before you even begin to read, think of, okay, everything is kind of different. It's the same world, but it's not. It has a different kind of tint to it. So then she goes into, like, breaking things down by percentages. (gasps) Oh, this pissed me (laughs) off. First off, because I hate fucking maths and I hate percentages. Also, she says, I haven't really done the math. So why are you giving us these false percentages? (laughs) But that's just me. So she made some changes, a fairly small amount of changes because Bo's a boy. I assume that's just changing pronouns. His personality developed differently. There are a few things about this point that make me go, eh. The first one straight away is, um, I quote, the biggest variations are that he's more OCD. OCD is a mental health condition. I know it's commonly done to say, I'm a little bit OCD, that's a little bit OCD. You may have compulsive tendencies, you may like things to be clean or like things to be in a certain order, but Obsessive compulsive disorder is a mental health condition. Mm. It's not a personality trait. I accept it, but this was 2015. We did know better by now. (laughs) My other problem, his personality developed differently. I thought the whole point was that nothing changed. She is full of contradictions. She is a bitter contradiction. Contradiction? (laughs) She's a bitter contradiction. (gasps) Wow! That might be my new Instagram bio. (laughs) A bitter contradiction. You can have it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe we're misinterpreting. This is why I don't like going too much into the author's intentions. Maybe I've got it wrong. But it seems to me like she set this up saying, gender doesn't matter, so I flipped the genders to prove that gender doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. But because I flipped the gender, this personality is totally different. Yeah. Like, what? (laughs) And then also with this forward, you're like, I'm a little bit confused. So that's how you're going to then read on. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to be honest. My reading on, I'm going to forget this forward ever happened. I don't think Um, so. No, no, no. Mm, No, I don't think so. we'll see. No, we'll see. She admits that she put a chip on Bella's shoulder. Yeah. I was like, oh, so it was deliberate. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. And so we came to the conclusion last year that this was because of the divorce. Yes. Does that imply that Bo has not been as affected by the divorce? Like what? Is it because he's a boy? Maybe Bo is just better adjusted. It's kind of... Oh, I doubt it. The next point I'm quite excited about. Okay. So she says, basically, a big chunk of the changes she's made are just because she's been allowed to do a new edit 10 years later. And she says, it was glorious in italics. And I appreciate that because we obviously were very critical of these books. We poked fun a lot and that's what we're going to continue to do. It'll be interesting to see if things that we picked up on and and had a laugh about. She's saying here that this is not just a basic gender swap. She's not just copied and pasted and changed the names and pronouns. She's actually had to go over and, and has changed some stuff. And I'm excited to find out what that is. Yeah. Anyway, so then she concludes that she's had the best time ever redoing this and coming back to this. I'm glad. Good for her. Good for her. But do we trust this woman? Oh, I don't know if I trust her. Um, Has she given us a reason to not trust her? Yes, these four books. (laughs) (laughs) 
I don't know. I think she set out to do a certain thing and by God, she did that. She does say that the fans have played a part in being the unexpected source of joy in her life. I don't think she's talking to us directly. (laughs) You don't think that applies to us? I don't. My mum, perhaps, but not us. (laughs) Okay, so now that's the forward. Yeah. What's your best part of the forward? Oh, okay, we're doing this. Um, (laughs) Because I am prepared, and this is our new segment, the best and the worst. Okay, and I'm not ready. Isaac is not ready. My best bit is that Stephanie Meyer had the opportunity to go over her first novel 10 years later and make some adjustments, and I'm excited to see what those are. Okay. What's your best bit? My best bit is when she says, I'm so sorry, and I think it should have ended there. <laughs> Nothing has changed in seven months. Nothing. <laughs> if anyone was concerned that the podcast might not sound the same, might not have the same kind of attitude to it, I love how at every beginning you always say, you know, it's not about Stephanie. <laughs> I'm like, who are you trying to kid? I think you will not be satisfied on your deathbed. You will not be happy unless you have Stephanie Meyer as a personal enemy. I will not. Until you get a cease and desist letter from her people, (laughs) you will not be satisfied. I would be really happy. You'd frame that. Imagine if we got a cease and desist letter from Stephanie Meyer's lawyers. Ah! Here's hoping. (laughs) So bring it down. What's your worst bit? So my worst bit. So this is where we come to whoops. The word whoops. I think it's despicable. (laughs) Why? Because you can't be like, okay, look, this is my forward. I'm apologising for the faults. I'm excited to kind of renew things and change things and then just actually say, whoops. It's very uncaring. It's quite childish. It's like you're you're taking this time to personally address your fans. Could you imagine George R.R. Martin just being like, oh, you know what? Yeah, I haven't really planned it. And uh, I was halfway through Jon Snow's, you know, narrative. But then I thought, well, actually, I'm more concerned with, you know, someone else I don't know because I don't know Game of Thrones. But... <laughs> <laughs> But it just wouldn't work, would it? I know what you're saying. Stories are important. Stephanie Meyer is not taking her own story seriously. And that story is extremely important to so many people. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Have you said your worst part? I haven't. Would you like to? (laughs) Ah, you know what my worst part is, actually? The two characters that she's not bothered to swap the gender of that she then didn't tell us who they were. It's going to be like an itch I can't scratch. Burning question time! Oh, yes! seven months we've had away from this. It is my favourite segment. So you actually came up with a burning question just on this forward? Yeah. Okay, lay it on me. Oh, I'll lay it on you. I'll lay it on you thick, I will. Do you think Maya gives a shit? Right. Um, I had a quick look about life and death and, and when it came out and I had a look at a couple of reviews. There was what you'd expect. Fans were like, yay, more Twilight material. And then lots and lots of naysayers were like, this is an obvious copy and paste cash cow job. Cash cow. Yeah. That might be my new Instagram bio. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm going to say yes. I think she does. I know that lots of people have and will continue to say that this book was produced purely for money and I absolutely think that's part of it. She says in this forward her publishers came to her asking her if there was something she could do for the 10-year anniversary. But I do genuinely think that Stephanie Meyer gives a shit about these characters when she says that, you know, she loves Bella and Edward and that she's grown to love Beau and Edith. She means it. 
And that's sad. <laughs> but you know what? Whatever makes you happy. Whatever gets you to the end of the lockdown is what I say. <laughs> as long as it keeps you in your house and you wash your hands. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for the forward of life and death. Join us next time for Chapter 1, First Sight. You can find us on social media by searching at ForksCast. And you can rate, review and subscribe to What the Forks wherever you listen. Until next time, take care, stay at home if you possibly can. And remember, this is a gift. Gift.